Hey, what is up everyone? Mark Bergen here. Hope all of you are having fantastic Fridays wherever you are and wherever you might be. The SEC just announced its East-West matchups so we know which teams are going to be part of the schedule and my co-host for Stuck in Misery, James West, is going to be joining me and we're waiting on James for just a second. Mark, how James. you doing? Okay, man. This is fun. Mizzou is going to be hosting Alabama, traveling to LSU, and special edition of Stuck in Misery, live reaction. I got to say, I really think the only chance that Missouri has would be if either LSU or Alabama gets some sort of rampant COVID outbreak because this is just going to be absolutely brutal. I think it's safe to say that no team – is going to feel the effects from a conference-only schedule more than, than, than Mizzou this year. And, you know, I mean, we look at this, and it comes out, and it's Alabama and LSU. <laughs> Teams that I think have won two out of the last three national championships that had quarterbacks go, what, like, both in the top five? Like, last year, you know, I, I look at this, and I just go, oh, man. Like, this is why we named – our podcast, Stuck in Misery. This is because truly the definition of stuck in misery. Because this is Mizzou, once again, being stuck in misery. And I look at this, and I look between the West, and, like, honestly, I think it's kind of funny because our counterpart, right, our, I'll call it a forced rivalry, because it's not really a natural rivalry, but our forced rival in Arkansas, I would say, got Georgia and Florida, which are the two best teams in the East. And I'm just like, man, like, you're kind of taking these two teams that have been struggling the past couple of years and you're really kicking them when they're down with these matchups. But is there a schedule here? Or do you think there's a team in the SEC that is really, I guess, from a scheduling standpoint, that is really kind of unscathed by the East-West matchups? And as I look at all these, I personally don't really see one. You know, James, the question to kind of Dig into that a little bit deeper. I think Georgia getting Mississippi State and Arkansas added to its schedule. But more so what you have to figure out is, okay, who are they avoiding in their non-conference schedule? Because Georgia was already due to play Auburn and Alabama in their East-West matchups this season. And it shows you how difficult this all-conference schedule is going to be for the SEC this season. Quickly going back to Mizzou, Mizzou is 0-4 against Alabama and LSU since joining the SEC. Combined scores in those games, Bama and LSU have racked up 165 points, and Missouri has racked up 40. Now, again, going back to my point of, okay, what are the teams that Missouri would have been playing if not for Alabama and LSU? Missouri trades games, they would have played BYU, Eastern Michigan, Louisiana, and Central Arkansas. And again, now they have Bama and LSU instead. And so I look at Georgia adding two weaker West opponents. And again, I would say Mississippi State and Arkansas. But certainly Georgia still has a very difficult SEC schedule, as is even with this all-conference play, playing all the other teams in the East, but then again, having both Auburn and Alabama before these two additional opponents were announced earlier this afternoon. 
I mean, what do you think this does for strength of schedule in the SEC? I would have to think that it increases it across the board. And I think you're going to see almost every single SEC team with a stronger strength of schedule than any of their Power 5 counterparts, right? Well, it was like we were saying on the podcast this week too, James, and we're going to upload this as a special edition. Again, live reaction to we know who the East-West matchups are now in the SEC. But it was kind of like how I was saying on the podcast earlier this week, I think there's a distinct possibility that the SEC might have a three-loss team that could be considered for the college football playoff because this is going to be an absolute gauntlet. And you're going to get teams from smaller conferences, whether that's the Pac-12, which we saw was down last season, or a conference like the AAC, where a team like the University of Central Florida has run the table in the past. But if they're not having the same kinds of caliber of matchups, look, would you rather have a three-loss SEC team potentially or a team that's run the table in their conference, but it's not a power five? So that's really the question that you have to ask yourself. This is going to be an absolute gauntlet this year because, again, we, and we mentioned this on the podcast too, the West typically is a lot stronger than the East. And you see that especially with the team like Missouri in its matchups, adding Alabama and LSU to its schedule this fall. Welcome to the SEC, Eli Drinkwitz. It's definitely going to be a heck of a first season for him. <laughs> yeah. But that being said, is this could this also be considered a blessing in disguise for Coach Drink? You know, with the offseason and now with the increase in schedule difficulty, do you think that he's going to get a bye in his first year? Is he going to get an entire year where people don't really look at his record or think that they're going to do anything to, one, prove people wrong and come out with some maybe improbable wins or at least improbable performances? And then as far as producing wins immediately, is this going to help him to dial it up for recruiting next year? James, great questions. I really think it's going to put more realistic expectations on his abilities as a head coach. Certainly, you don't expect him to beat an upset Alabama or LSU, but if he can even keep those games competitive. And look, at the end of the day, if Drinkwitz wants to be successful, you've got to win the conference at some point in time, or at the very least, win the SEC East Division at some point in time moving forward. We're going to see how he stacks up in year one against the elite talent in this conference. Because again, had we not had the pandemic, Missouri's only West opponents this season would be Arkansas, who they play every single season, and Mississippi State. And so now we're going to see how, okay, how does Missouri stack up against the top dogs in the conference? Yeah, they've got Florida and Georgia year in and year out, but against that elite level talent in the West, the Alabamas of the world, the LSUs of the world, but the other teams in the West – Auburn has had very, very promising season. Texas A&M has proved at times that, that the Aggies are a top 10 team. And so you see how Missouri stacks up against the best of the best this season. And again, if he can even keep it competitive within a one or two score game, that's a success for Missouri in the 2020 season. Definitely. And it gives them a year with little expectations, like I said earlier, to put in a system. I think that's a plus for him especially, you know, coming off, off of an unpredictable offseason. Only a plus. It'll be exciting. Definitely, I think the SEC is going to be a gauntlet and something to watch this year. And to your point earlier, 
I definitely foresee there being uh, an SEC team in the college football playoff with multiple losses. But I think it could also maybe come back and bite them where you might not see your typical SEC team make it into the college football playoff this year. I cannot wait for that debate of, okay, if we've got a two or three loss SEC team, is that better than a one loss team or a team that runs the table from a lesser conference? I think that's going to be part of the intrigue of college football this season. I think strength of schedule is going to play a huge part in the factors weighted into who makes it into the playoff this year. And if you do end up having an SEC team that wins out, like they're obviously going to be, be in, in, your normal, in your normal years, right? But even a one or two loss team this year, I think because of the strength of schedule, I think they still are considered over maybe a one loss team from the ACC or a one loss team in the Big Ten. Absolutely. James, anything else here before we hop off here? But we did, again, we wanted to have this live reaction on Stuck in Misery. We're going to be posting this across all of our different channels. And we wanted to provide the listeners of, okay, we now know who each of the SEC teams are going to play. They're going to play. If you're an East team, you're going to have to play all the East teams and then four different West teams. And then the West teams will play the West teams and four different East teams. So we know which teams are going to play which teams this fall. We don't know the dates yet, but certainly an exciting time. Any last thoughts before we sign off, James? I'm excited to see, you know, how, how these schedules all come to fruition as far as buys and how that factors into some of these games because I think that's going to be a big determiner as far as uh, some of the strength of schedule. If a team like uh, Florida gets a buy before playing A&M or LSU, I think that'll be a huge difference maker as far as kind of the gauntlet that's going to be their schedule this year. Yeah, that's a great point, James, before we sign off here in terms of figuring out where the bye weeks are ahead of some of these matchups is going to be absolutely huge. And again, like we broke down on our podcast earlier this week with the Big Ten is a lot of the times those bye weeks are going to be in place to give these conferences flexibility when inevitably they run into some problems related with the ongoing pandemic. But certainly an exciting time. It looks like college football season is going to be here. Going to go ahead and sign off here for James West on Mark Bergen. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Stuck in Misery wherever you get your podcasts. Take care. So long, everyone. Enjoy your weekends. We'll see you next time.